Please be advised, this recording does contain mature subject matter. You may find some words, phrases, and inferences that may trigger you, so please be advised and be warned. Hey everybody, Dungeon Master Academy here with another podcast for you. Um, gonna have a little fun uh, podcast on this one. I want to talk about, for my newer DMs and GMs, a section of the standard rules, which I really like. Um, sometimes I'll review it when I'm world building, just to give myself some reminders in case I forget things, because even after a million years, you will forget. So, in the basic rules, this is actually pretty cool. In the basic rules section, there's a chapter 12 called Monsters. When you're building your encounters, or reading your modules, running your campaigns, um, whatever you're doing, it's actually a cool little section to kind of help you um, uh, understand a little bit more um, about monsters, behavior, how you want to organize them. Um, we'll touch a little bit on creature rating. I know I've touched on this before, but I think this will be a good place to touch on that. Uh, but let's break it down. So chapter 12 talks about monsters. There's a section called monster statistics. Within there, they describe size, speed, ability scores, saving throws, skills, vulnerabilities, senses, challenges, special traits, actions, reactions, limited usage. So what's really nice about this this and this is all under the monster statistics and you'll often hear both in the social space and in the rule content people will refer to this as stat blocks there's a lot of third-party applications that you can use um one in particular um that i would like to mention here because it's one i use on a quite regular basis the creator spent quite a bit of time um organizing this I use it for NPC generation as well as my monster stat block generation because I do a lot of homebrew. It is on tetra-cube.com. It is a D&D stat block generator. Very well built. If you go to Ko-Fi, uh, K-O.F-I, uh, you can find uh, um, a way to support this individual as well. It's built in GitHub repo. Um, so it uses markup language, but has uh, an incredible method to doing your homebrew. And if you, from his link, you go to support, um, you'll see uh, the TetraCube uh, profile. Um, and then as always, my fellow creatives. I, I love supporting fellow creatives because I think once again, the fun thing about D&D is the third-party aspect of it um, so if you're a newer DM or GM and you're stepping into the realm of creation and homebrew management and monster management within your homebrew um, great tool back to chapter 12 monsters so under monster to statistics very simple um, size you know tiny small medium large huge gives you a great way to give theater of the mind perspectives you have speed Ability scores. Um, I would say if you're struggling with giving your encounter some challenge, this is a great section to come to because I think very often we forget that monsters aren't just dumb beasts that move about the world. 
they survive and they're alive for a reason. So keep in mind of uh, skills, immunities, resistance, vulnerabilities, senses. These are all the tools that are made available to you to construct these these encounters with these monsters to give a very definitive challenge to your players throughout. So I think it's um, important to remember that. Now, there's a section in here under monster statistics called um, challenge. So I'm going to read this to you because this is not exactly something that's very well known, right? So a monster's challenge rating tells you how great a threat the monster is. An appropriately equipped and well-rested party of four, right? So these CR numbers are based on a party of four, should be able to, to defeat a monster that has a challenge rating equal to its level without suffering any deaths. For example, a party of four third-level characters should find a monster with a challenge rating of three to be a worthy challenge, but not a deadly one. So... I'm not really sure I agree with that. Now, the basic rules were written a while ago. They haven't really received much of a update from a standpoint of CR. And before, as a newer DM or GM, you get frustrated. Understand that that challenge rating is a guideline. It's not necessarily a holistic truth. If you're running a party that has min-maxed themselves, and when I mean that, they've maximized their ability by minimizing what they don't use to do optimum amount of defense and damage. Um, that's going to trash the CR rating, and it's probably going to take you two or three encounters to understand how you may have to balance that out. So keep that in mind. I would also say, you know, once again, don't forget, your monsters have actions and reactions. A lot of people forget about that. Uh, and there are grapple rules for monsters. I find this very interesting. Um, you know, uh, monsters are capable of grappling and capable of being grappled. Obviously, the normal rules apply. Two size differences, you know, those don't, don't apply. Um, but I think, <clears throat> it, once again, it adds more flavor. So like I said, going back to chapter 12 and reading the basic rules as they apply to monsters... There's a lot of little quick insights and in-depths there that I think can, can help. Now, within the se same section, there's legendary creatures, uh, non-player characters, and NPC descriptions. Now, I've already gone over non-player characters. Um, I cover that partially in the homebrew um, section and some other sections. But, I, um, you know, when you feel confident enough and you feel ready to challenge your players with the legendary creature portion of a stat block there will be a couple things that occur there there's things like legendary actions and a legendary creature lair now part of my homebrew is i've also now introduced legendary uh, reactions and legendary bonus actions this is to give legendary creatures a bit of a more breadth on challenging larger parties as opposed to just being obliterated by well you know a, a party of six or seven that are very much maximized so a legendary action will show up in the stat block 
as the amount of legendary action points it costs. Now, I homebrew, so that number varies for me, but typically it's anywhere from one to five actions, depending on how it's listed on, um, how it's listed on the stat block. Now, what's interesting about legendary actions is that they're usually allowed to happen at the end of an opponent's turn, not a round, but the end of their turn. So if you have five players going after this legendary creature and this legendary creature has three legendary actions per round, then, you know, that means at the end of three players' turns, you know, it can kick off a legendary action. Now, if it only has three action points, then it can only, you know, the stat block might say, um, as a single legendary action, you you know, the dragon, f you know, hurricanes its wings, and then, you know, you read the effect, and um, people either have to make saves, or it's a to hit, it just depends on what the detail is. Well, technically, you could do that three times, because each one is an action point. If the um, legendary creature is going to basically use three actions to do a massive legendary action it's only going to get that one turn use up all of its points and boom you know the effect occurs so that can be kind of tricky so make sure you read those rules pretty clearly so you have an understanding uh creature layers are fun once again it adds another flavor and layer to the deadliness of a legendary creature a a legendary creature's initiative is always 20. But regardless of the initiative rolls, the lair always goes as if it rolls a 20. And the lair action is usually effect driven, um, like maybe a lava eruption or something like that. But it, it creates a lot of fun. Um, now, my monster stat blocks are very cut and dry. Um, the way that they're organized is you have in the in the in the left column, the general um stats descriptions what they can and can't do um it then just goes on to describe um you know actions legendary actions all the different things it can do so a lot of times in the conversation you all hear a, a conversation about stat blocks and really that's all a stat block is is it gives you a nice clean summary of everything the monster can do gives you everything you need in front of you to run that monster. And there's a lot of third-party applications. D&D uh, Beyond has it at an interactive level. Um, there's, you know, go to your local hobby store. You can buy the stat cards. Um, so if you don't want to rifle through either your book or a digital device, pull out a stat card. So, folks, I thought this would be kind of a little, you know, kind of a fun podcast in regards to... Uh, an old rule set that sometimes I forget about, but I will often go back to, and that's the uh, that's the basic rule set. It's free on the digital aspect, as well as the um, uh, it's usually in the box sets as basic rules. So I think there's four different box sets that come out with basic rules. I think only Rick and Morty is slightly skewed a little bit different, but same concept. Um, so that is Chapter 12 Monsters Part 4 under Dungeon Master's Tools. Um, definitely good for a starting read if you're new. 
and always handy to keep around in case you just kind of want to refresh your course on how to handle your monsters in your game. So folks, everyone stay safe out there. As always, if you can afford to buy us a coffee, please do head over to uh, Dungeon Master Academy on our Patreon. Uh, don't forget, we also have a um, Discord server, Dungeon Master Academy Discord server. Feel free to message me for that information or find it on our Anchor or Spotify website uh, where you can hear denizens and their masters. Um, and we have our Discord link there where you can uh, run your own games, get advice, uh, join a growing community of creatives that are expanding this D&D world um, to everybody. So please be safe out there and we will speak to you next time.